G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We'll open our talkback lines very shortly. Last month, there was a major announcement that might have arrested your attention. If you're wondering about the state of Christian political parties in Australia, Christian Democratic Party founder Fred Nile announced that after 40 years in the New South Wales Parliament, he will retire this November from the Legislative Council. At age 86, he believes it's time to make way for a successor who will represent Christ's values in the Parliament for citizens in New South Wales. Now, there has been a flurry of excitement that Lyle Shelton, the former managing director of the Australian Christian Lobby, will be parachuted into the New South Wales Upper House seat in November. Last week, we spoke with Fred Nile, but today, our privilege to hear from Lyle Shelton about what this move might mean. Lyle Shelton, a special welcome along to 2020. (laughs) Thanks very much, Neil, and thanks for that kind introduction. Lyle, uh, Fred Nile is the longest-serving current sitting member in the Parliament in New South Wales. Uh, There's going to be a bit of pressure on you, isn't there? And in some sense, while people will know you as a national identity, in some sense here, these are big shoes to fill. Uh, Yes, they're enormous shoes to fill, Neil. Uh, I don't think I'll quite make uh, 40 years as Fred has done, but his legacy has been enormous. Uh, I remember hearing about him when I was a teenager as a, as a young Christian at university and uh, seeing him really stand up for uh, marriage and the family uh, way back in the, in the late 80s uh, is when he first came across my radar. And uh, he's been a faithful figure, uh, a steady uh, rock, unmovable, uh, standing up for Christ's values in the New South Wales Parliament. And he's had a national influence. It's, it's extended well beyond the borders of New South Wales. I think uh, people all over the nation have appreciated the fact that someone has stood up for common sense, for the family, for marriage, and for the Christian faith. Interestingly here, and there oftentimes is some distinction within the idea of being conservative, because uh, Fred Nile was not just a conservative Christian, a politician, but a conservative Christian politician. There, There's a little bit of a difference there because when he talks about representing Christ's values, he's been undaunted. Uh, he's been unmovable in that. And, of course, that's that's got him into all sorts of challenging situations from time to time. But how do you think you'll, you'll fit into that role? I mean, listeners might be interested in how Christian you can be in politics. Well, I think Fred has shown you can be very Christian in politics. Uh, he, he's gone in there as an ordained uh, minister. He, he's a reverend. Uh, he ha- has always uh, spoken about Christ and and uh, the Bible, uh, but then sought to apply uh, the Christian faith and Christian ideas, uh, particularly our ideas of, of human flourishing, uh, to the political process as as we should. And that's that's no breach of separation of church and state. Christians have every right in a democracy to to participate 
and to stand for election. Fred's done that for 40 years. He's been re-elected time and time again. In fact, most of his career, there's been not one but uh, two Christian Democratic Party uh, representatives in the upper house of the New South Wales Parliament. That's been an extraordinary achievement for a a Christian-branded political party to have parliamentary representation. And uh, the challenge for us going forward now that Fred's stepping down, is to uh, ensure that, um, you know, God willing, we can retain that seat and hopefully add to our numbers there and continue that strong voice uh, in the parliament. And at times, over the past 40 years, Fred Nile and uh, other members in the upper house who have been Christian Democratic Party members have actually held the balance of power in the New South Wales upper house. That's not beyond the possibility again too after the next election. No, it's not, uh, Neil. And, and even at, at the moment, um, there's a number of crossbenchers uh, that, that do collectively hold the balance of power. Uh, there's, there's obviously Mark Latham and uh, One Nation. There's two representatives there. There's the Animal Justice Party. Uh, there's Greens. There's Shoes and Fishers. And, of course, uh, Christian Democratic Party. So in one sense, the government is already relying on their votes to, to pass legislation and uh, Fred has always said, and I agree with this, that he's there to be constructive, not destructive. Uh, we stand up for Christian values. Doesn't mean everything gets a tick, but the default is to uh, to be constructive towards the government. And Fred's always done that. He doesn't uh, try and play politics with any leverage that he's uh, got there. And, and, and he's been able to use uh, those balance of power situations in the past to achieve some incredible things, as I'm sure he spoke to you about last week, things like tobacco law reform, um, land rights for Indigenous uh, people, you know, things that he's perhaps not so well known for, but were substantial uh, reforms uh, that hinged uh, on his vote. Uh, Another is um, no poker machines at uh, James Packer's big uh, new uh, Barangaroo development uh, on Sydney Harbour. So Fred's been a champion for, you know, a whole range of values that some might even see, you know, from the left side of politics. Well, it's certainly worthy of comment to say that you're being parachuted into a seat in the New South Wales Upper House and given that sort of history where there are times when there has been the balance of power that has been held by the Christian Democratic Party that it actually is one of the most powerful seats in any of the parliaments around Australia and has a big voice and a big say. You're no doubt quite well aware of the potential and the profound opportunities that may well present for you. It's an enormous privilege, uh, Neil, and uh, it's an honour. Um, I wasn't expecting this. Uh, as, as you know, I was uh, domiciled there in Queensland. I'd been back there for three and a half years with my wife and family uh, pursuing uh, political engagement up there. I'd had a go with Corey Bernardi's party, and uh, you, you and I have spoken about this before. But um, uh, the, the Christian Democratic Party, um, Fred and uh, his state uh, manager and uh, the deputy president approached me uh, just over a month ago, actually. This has all happened very quickly, and said, uh, look, Fred's looking to retire. Would you be interested in coming and uh, replacing him in the parliament? And um uh, that, that came out of left field, but uh, as my wife and I spoke about it and prayed about it, we really felt it was God's will. And uh, you're right to say, yes, I'm being parachuted into a seat. Um, there's, uh, there will still be over a year um, to run uh, on the term that is attached to uh, Reverend Niles' seat. But that's not an unusual thing. In, in upper houses, whether it's the Senate in the federal parliament or upper houses in state parliaments around the nation, um, political parties have the uh, right to 
nominate who they wish to fill a casual vacancy and um, and that's then confirmed by a joint sitting of the parliament. So, for instance, you know, Senator Amanda Stoker, who would be well known to many of your listeners, uh, she uh, achieved her position in the Australian Senate through a similar um, you know, parachuting, to use that, that term. It's not unusual, uh, but then the challenge will be for myself, as it is for Senator Stoker, uh, you then face the electors at, at the next election, and in my case, that'll be March 2023, um, and that will be uh, the challenge for us to retain the seat that the CDP has held for over 40 years and to make sure we can continue that um, with myself as the representative there. And Lyle, not everyone is absolutely enamoured with the idea that you are actually going to be parachuted into this seat. Uh, When the announcement was first made, uh, there was reporting from uh, Greens and some Labor MPs uh, quoted in the media all seemingly despising you. I wonder if you think that actually is a good sign. Well, it's not a good. It's not good to have people saying nasty things uh, about about you, I, I guess. And look, some of those people. One of them um, is, is Alex Greenwich, who is a member of the New South Wales Parliament. He's a member of the Legislative Assembly, the, the lower house. And he and I have uh, been uh, combatants together in the culture wars over the years. He was one of the key leaders in the uh, campaign to redefine marriage. Now, you know, we've met on a number of occasions at an interpersonal level. Uh, We've got on well, but it's disappointing when, you know, he he says nasty things in in the media. But that's to be expected. That's part and parcel of politics. uh, my hope is to always engage civilly and to stick to the issues, not to get into personalities. Um, so, look, you expect a bit of reaction. Yeah, there, there's hostility. There are people who do not like uh, what um, the Christian Democratic Party, what uh, I and Reverend Nile represent, the values that we represent, because we actually seek to uh, bring those values for human flourishing when it comes to marriage and the family, the, the reality of gender, uh, freedom of speech and freedom of religion. These are all things which we hold really dear and want to see advanced in public policy. Uh, people like Alex Greenwich and the Greens and uh, the left of the Liberal Party and the left of the Labor Party and some of the nationals, unfortunately, uh, oppose these values. Human rights to the unborn is another uh, key one. So, yes, there's going to be hostility because um, we're there to challenge uh, their worldview and to, and to make the case in public and in the parliament that they have taken us down paths that are destructive, that are hurting people and that are wrong. So many of those listening to our conversation today will have marvelled over the years about how you've been able to keep a cool head and remain gracious even when under what we might even term really, really uh, uh, strong attacks from those who have anti-Christian values. Uh, There is a certain sense, and uh, Fred Nile, I think, uh, gives you a good compliment when he says, you're like a younger version of him. Uh, And, uh, and of course, uh, he, too, over the years, has... Uh, taken a very gracious approach to many of the ta- the attacks that have been upon him. This graciousness, it's it's a part of you, but it also comes out of this deep Christian faith that you've held uh, for most of your life, Lyle. Look, I certainly hope so, Neil. Uh, I hope that what flows out of my life, as I know all of us who are followers of Jesus, uh, we want the presence of Christ to be diffused through us in every circumstance, um, wherever it is that we are called to serve uh, the Lord, whether it's 
uh, your job as a radio host, whether it's someone who's an accountant or uh, working in the home or or whatever vocation in life. And, and in my case, uh, God's given me the opportunity to be involved in public life. Um, I want to, in the same way that every other Christian does, reflect the knowledge and the love and grace of Christ. And uh, if we can do that in the public square, that does have uh, a disproportionate influence. And uh, it, it's a wonderful privilege to be able to have a platform where hopefully we can um, show the love and the grace of Christ, but also the truth of Christ. And that will as we've just talked about, be confronting to some people and will be opposed often with bitterness and rancor and um, we're, we're to expect that. Uh, and we've seen, you know, in our culture in recent times, just the escalation of of um, antipathy towards uh, Christianity and uh, that's part of the, the current reality. And my hope and prayer is that uh, through the work that we do at the Christian Democratic Party, through the work that others involved in uh, public advocacy on behalf of Christian values, whether it's in lobby groups or um, family organisations that we can start to be part of repairing our damaged culture and calling people back to a better way. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Well, our special guest this hour is Lyle Shelton, the former Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. You might have been wondering what's happened to Lyle Shelton. Well, he'll be parachuted into the New South Wales Upper House seat that's been held by Fred Nile for almost 40 years. That'll happen in November. We're getting some insights today in what to uh, expect, uh, what is driving Lyle Shelton, what's happening with Christian politics in Australia. Uh, Lyle, we'll take some calls as they come through, 1-800-316-316, if you'd like to join into our conversation today. But uh, just quickly, uh, Lyle, what's happening with Christian politics, Christian political parties in Australia? Listeners will know that you were associated with Corey Bernardi's uh, party uh, just uh, in the last uh, federal election, lead up to the last federal election. They'll know that that is no more. Uh, what are your thoughts in general, big picture, when it comes to Christian political parties in Australia? Yeah, it's a good question, Neil. Uh, I, I really felt towards the end of my time at Australian Christian Lobby that it was time to get involved in party politics. That's why I uh, resigned and, and moved to Queensland and got involved with Corey's party, which wasn't a Christian party as such, but there was a lot of Christians involved, a lot of conservatives. Um, so I, I really believe that um, a political party is a, a vehicle in a democracy to help organise people to take seats in parliament. That, that's, that's, that's what parties exist for. It, they are part of the tools of democracy. They're not something to be feared. Um, and there's something which, you know, quite frankly, I think more and more people should be involved in. And um, because ACL was non-party partisan, and, and rightly so, uh, I felt it was important to get involved in the party aspect of politics. Um, so I had, had one go. Now, this opportunity has um, has arisen. Uh, I have been, as you know, trying to uh, get involved with the Liberal National Party in Queensland. Uh, that that hadn't uh, worked out. They, they weren't so keen on uh, having me, it would seem, and that was disappointing because uh, I think they should welcome people uh, who are conservative, who are Christian. But uh, and then this opportunity with... Um, the Christian Democratic Party came up. Now, it's the only Christian political party in Australia that has parliamentary representation. Um, there is uh, the Australian Christians in Western Australia. Uh, they exist as a party, but uh, they don't have they don't have parliamentary representation, and, and good on them if, if they can achieve that. We've had the Family First Party, 
uh, in the past. Uh, they merged with Corey Bernardi's party. Uh, and then down in South Australia, my good friend Bob Day has started the Australian Family Party. Now, he, of course, was a former Family First senator. Many of your listeners might remember that. Um, and then he's been out of politics for a few years, but now he's looking to uh, get a fledgling uh, family party going again and contest in the South Australian election, which I think are coming up in the next year or so. So that's essentially, in answer to your question, big picture, the, the lay of the land. Um, CDP, uh, and I don't think Reverend Niall would mind me saying this, but um, you know, it's, it's uh, had an enormous influence and obviously achieved incredible success with two seats over the years. But uh, it does have an ageing membership and it is time for some revitalisation and uh, that's the task that I'm engaged in now in the, in the six months leading up to the transition with Reverend Nile. I've moved to Sydney, I'm working out of the uh, party office and also out of uh, Reverend Nile's parliamentary office uh, and just uh, uh, helping to uh, revitalise, um, encourage more members, more people to join, obviously get finances and fundraising going and uh, the things that need to happen to uh, have a successful political machine that's able to contest uh, elections. So, um, yeah, that, that's a long answer, Neil, but that's essentially the, the lay of the land as I see it. Now, that's good insight into what's happening not just in New South Wales, but all around Australia. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Eris in Hawthorne in Queensland. Hello, Eris. Welcome along. Oh, yeah, welcome, Mark. Thanks, mate. Eris, what are your thoughts? I'm not actually trying to fill in the water, so the speaker's playing up. <laughs> okay. Well, it's it's working okay at our end. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my thoughts is I um, pray that you get into Parliament, because we need some Christian bodies in there. And um, my Lord, Father God will help you. We'll do it. Uh-huh. Eris, good encouragement. Your thoughts, Lyle, for Eris? Yeah, no, thank you, Eris. I, I really appreciate uh, that. Uh, one of the great things of being part of a political party that is unashamedly Christian, that's part of our branding, is uh, we we can, you know, and I would do this whether I, I was with a, a non-Christian branded party, but uh, I could be a bit more public about it. Uh, obviously, there's the need for, for prayer, and, uh, you know, we do, as Christians, see that there is a spiritual battle, and that's why we pray. And so thank you, Eris, for that. And uh, I'd appreciate the prayers of all your listeners out there, Neil. Yes, Eris, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation, let's hear from Shelby in Brisbane. Hello, Shelby. Hello, uh, Neil. Hello, Laura. Um, Hello, Shelby. Yeah, mate, um, yeah, uh, yeah, mate, um, when I heard you were coming back into it, I thought, geez, I'm going to have to get back into the uh, Christian Democratic Party. Um, a, a friend of mine, Ludi Sinquist, um, uh, from Queensland, we're up in um, Brisbane, and uh, anyway, um, he got me um, uh, in oh, one of the elections there, and I voted for a gentleman. I still have his poster, because I went around and hammered all these posters in, everything like that sort of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, mate, so it looks like I'm going to get back into it again because of you, buddy. <laughs> All right, Shelby, good thought there. Uh, Lyle, uh, there's a lot of people who are going to have a similar reaction. Uh, what are your thoughts for Shelby? Look, I, I really appreciate that, Shelby. And uh, a, a political party is nothing without its, its membership, its, its grassroots. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would just encourage people to, to just consider uh, the political system that we have is actually meant to be one of participation by ordinary people. It's it's not meant to be 
the rule by elites, by an aristocracy. Uh, this system that we have has been designed for maximum participation and political parties are a key way that everyone can participate uh, and, and not just leave it to other people. And I think the problem that we as Christians uh, have had over recent decades is that life has been you know, good in Australia, but all of a sudden it's turned hostile towards us as, as Christians and, as, and you know, even people who are not cons- uh, Christians but are conservatives. It's a hostile culture. Our elites are running things, whether it's through the media, the universities or the ABC or politics. It's now time for us to use the tools of democracy uh, to take back our country for common sense and for the values that we know will contribute to human flourishing, family, life, etc. So I'd be encouraging everyone to join a political party and get involved and to participate. And I'd particularly encourage people to consider the Christian Democratic Party. You can go to cdp.org and download a membership form if you'd like to be part of uh, the CDP. Shelby, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Let's hear from Val in Mackay. Hi, Val. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Uh, Now, when you say law's going to be parachuted into uh, this position... Uh, I take it you mean, you don't mean that you're going to fly him over uh, Parliament House and shove him out the door. Some people might want to drop him out of a plane, but uh, Lyle, uh, that's not the way it's all intended. <laughs> okay. No, it's not, Val. Uh, no, it, well, it, it's, that, that's a... Pictures of Lyle floating down the parachute. But anyhow, <laughs> I want to say, I thought uh, Lyle is an excellent choice. He's got the experience... And he's got the passion. And uh, I'm just so pleased. I think it'll be a great fit. Uh, And I think he'll bring fresh vision and uh, vitalisation into the Christian Democratic Party. So I just wanted to wish him all the best. That's great. Lyle, your thoughts for Val? Val, that's very kind. I I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. God bless you. Val, thank you so much for your call. You can respond. You can call us on 1-800-316-316. You can also respond on Facebook. Do you think it is a good or bad choice that Lyle Shelton will succeed Fred Nile in the New South Wales Parliament this year? Before we get into some of these hot uh, issues, big priorities that we want to talk about that you're going to be pursuing... When you take on this role, Lyle Shelton, uh, let's just uh, talk for a, a few moments here about uh, about being the successor of Fred Nile and the fact that uh, you're going to be in New South Wales, but coming from a national position with Australian Christian Lobby, the reach is going to be much bigger than... And, of course, Fred Nile's reputation was larger than life and he was known all around Australia. But you're going to bring a national perspective. People know you from the marriage debate and this whole idea of revitalisation. Is it going to mean some level of expansion of the Christian Democratic Party into all the states around Australia? Yeah, that's something um, we're still to talk through as a team. I'm certainly open to that and uh, we certainly welcome the participation in the party of people from outside of New South Wales, uh, so long as they're just aware that we may not be able to fulfil all expectations in terms of um, representation and activity in, in, in your state. But but people from outside the state um, contributing and being part of CDP will certainly help us in the mission to secure the seat in the New South Wales Upper House. And as you rightly say and recognise, Neil, 
Um, that seat uh, for Reverend Nile has provided uh, not just a platform to represent the people of New South Wales, but it's also reverberated around the nation. I, I remember as a uni student in the late 80s, uh, seeing Fred's courageous stand uh, um, for common sense uh, against the, uh, the the Sydney Mardi Gras. Now, now that's you know a celebration of licentiousness. It's a celebration of immorality, uh, of a whole range of things which are harmful to human flourishing and certainly toxic uh, to the idea of family, which is the bedrock and basis of any civil society. And uh, Fred was campaigning uh, against that and saying this is the wrong thing for our nation back in the late 80s. And they, they put a paper mache effigy of his head on a platter and carried that through the streets of Sydney. Um, that's how much they reviled him. But that reverberated right around the nation, that stance. And, and you know, fast forward to now, and, and, you know, who was right? You know, we've recently seen in the Parliament of Australia in Canberra homosexual men uh, performing lewd acts, which I won't uh, describe on your radio program, but it's been in the media in the last few weeks, lewd acts on the desks of female politicians. Uh, and this is the values of the Sydney gay Mardi Gras being acted out on the desks of female politicians in Canberra. What you celebrate in public, people will then uh, feel the licence and, and uh, the that they will feel they have a leave pass to go and uh, do these things. And that's what we've seen. So, you know, Fred was right in the late 80s when they reviled him. And um, I just wanted to say that, Neil, to, to honour him, but also to go to your point that um, this is a platform that can uh, have national uh, influence. And, um, you know, by God's grace, I, I trust uh, that the CDP's influence, um, you know, will continue to reverberate right around the nation. And, and who knows, in time, we might be able to uh, get involved in other uh, state parliaments and even the federal parliament. Let's talk about some of your priorities that you might have as you're preparing uh, to be parachuted into this seat uh, that's been held by Fred Nile for almost 40 years now. Uh, you mentioned some of the issues around morality and such things, uh, but I wonder whether we might touch on uh, on a few other bits and pieces. Of course, this idea of gender-fluid ideology, uh, one of your companions, colleagues in, as you say, uh, in that balance of power uh, with various seats in the New South Wales Upper House, uh, Mark Latham. Of course, he's got a bill at the moment that is being debated. Uh, what are your thoughts around big priorities like this gender-fluid ideology that's being pushed in our schools? Look, that's certainly one of the biggest priorities uh, that I have, and uh, it's great to see Mark Latham taking this up. Um, I first met Mark Latham during the same-sex marriage uh, campaign back in about 2017, and, of course, at ACL, we were campaigning uh, and raising awareness about this insidious uh, program in schools called Safe Schools that teaches children that they might be born in the wrong body, that uh, you know their gender is whatever they decide it is in their mind, and, and just how harmful that is in terms of uh, leading children down a pathway of chemical or surgical castration uh, or other forms of bodily mutilation as they try and change uh, who they are. And so I think this is of utmost priority. I'm pleased that Mark Latham uh, has got a bill before the New South Wales Parliament right now, which is to restore parental rights, uh, to allow parents to withdraw their children from classes which teach this gender-fluid ideology and other crazy left-wing uh, indoctrination that goes on in schools. Uh, but um, the bill also bans the teaching 
uh, by teachers of uh, the idea that gender is a social construct, that it's something different from biology. So I think this is a high priority. Uh, we've just seen this week a report from gender clinicians at the Westmead Hospital in Sydney uh, questioning um, the approach of medicalizing children's gender dysphoria uh, and you know giving them puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones and even surgery uh, whilst neglecting the fact that there might be other causes to the distress that some children feel about their gender such as uh, whether they are from a, a broken family have autism uh, suffering from anxiety or depression a whole range of other factors uh, unknown to play into uh, confusion about gender. So a, a big, big issue, Neil, and uh, one that I'll be pursuing uh, with vigour along with uh, Mark Latham. It's one I've been on about for years, as has Reverend Nile. Um, and I'll just say one thing, Neil, you know, I was in at the New South Wales Parliament this week, my first week in Sydney, uh, um, and just uh, learning the ropes with Reverend Fred. And the first thing you see in the foyer of the New South Wales Parliament House is uh, a set of rainbow flags on the on the uh, front desk of security. Now, you know, why a political flag that says that children's gender is fluid is being displayed in the foyer of uh, the, the People's Parliament is beyond me, particularly under a Liberal national government. They shouldn't be having a bar of this political movement, which is so destructive uh, to, to children and to uh, family and, and marriage. And just because there is a conservative government in power in New South Wales, that doesn't mean that all sorts of anti-Christian uh, immoral laws can't be passed. I'm just reminded, of course, uh, New South Wales has those atrocious abortion laws and uh, we might say delivered by the liberal Berejiklian government. And uh, and this, if we extend this further federally too, Lyle, I mean, religious freedom. Uh, well, there's still no word from the federal government on the way that they are going to help to preserve religious freedom in Australia because it is the liberal government that delivered same-sex marriage and promised protections. So just because there is a so-called conservative government in power doesn't mean that that will be something that they will always hold to uh, in that way of legislating Christian ethics. There's a battle that needs to be fought, both state and federal levels. That's exactly right, Neil. And this is why we do need um, a Christian party like the Christian Democratic Party, because uh, sadly, the Liberal Party can't be relied on. Now, up until a few weeks ago, my aim was to try and get into the Liberal Party to, to be an influence there. They, they wouldn't have me uh, and for reasons that are unknown to me. But um, it's essential that there are advocates and voices in politics because, uh, sadly, um, even a coalition, Liberal and National Party government, which say they stand for the truth about gender, they say that they stand for freedom of speech and freedom of religion are just not delivering. And uh, you ask about priorities. Yes, the gender thing is a massive priority because it hurts children. But um, I think right up there is freedom of speech and freedom of religion, because if we can't speak freely about these things and argue them in the public square, then then you can't, you're muzzled and you can't advocate for change and bring forward evidence of, of the sort of harms. And uh, they're looking to try and shut down debate and say you're a bigot if you raise concerns about transgender ideology. Um, so we must keep freedom of speech open and we must keep religious freedom open so that the truth of the gospel can be proclaimed and not muzzled in our society. So um, this is urgent and uh, it is disappointing that the federal government hasn't moved. 
And uh, there's certainly a, a bill now before the New South Wales Parliament uh, to restore a modicum of religious freedom as well. Um, now, you know, there's a recommendation from a parliamentary inquiry that it, that it uh, be made a government bill, and the Berejiklian government here is considering that, and uh, we'll certainly be pushing them uh, to adopt that bill and to ensure that freedom of religion remains open. Lyle, listeners to this program know we talk about the new battlefronts that are opening all the time, and uh, perhaps the latest battlefront is around this idea of uh, Australia's Christian heritage and the national curriculum. Another review underway with a plan to write out of that uh, our Christian heritage in Australia. Is this one of those priorities too that you'll be looking at? Yeah, definitely, Neil. And, and look, you know, they, the issues just come thick and fast. Um, there's just been an acceleration of the move by the left. And I'm, I'm going to use, you know, that, that's a political term. And, I, you know, some of the issues that, <laughs> that we've touched on that, that we as Christians stand for might have been considered issues of the left, Indigenous issues, poker machines, um, banning smoking, for instance. So left and right doesn't always... Uh, fit the right category, but there is essentially, broadly speaking, a move by the left um, to um, expunge from uh, our public discourse, to expunge from the education system knowledge of the truth about our history. And the truth is Australia was uh, a deeply Christian-influenced nation. Uh, a huge number of people in at the, the census at the turn of the century, at the turn of the 20th century, 90 plus percent of people identified as Christians. Up until the not late 1950s, it was 88%. We've fallen off a cliff since the sexual revolution in the 60s, uh, but still over 51% of people identify as Christians. It has a massive influence on this nation, its founding, its institutions, its hospitals, its schools, and yet the latest curriculum uh, review recommended by bureaucrats in Canberra is that we completely expunge knowledge of our Christian heritage from the education system. It just defies belief. It's like cutting off your leg and saying, you know, it doesn't exist. Um, so, you know, there's a big fight on and anyone who thinks there's not a culture war or that, you know, this is the invention of, you know, people with their hair on fire like myself uh, really isn't paying attention. We have to get engaged in the battle for ideas that's raging in our public square that the left, and I'm going to say it's not just the left, it's the libertarian right, uh, are also moving to uh, undermine who we are as a nation. And um, we've got to get involved politically. The, the tools we have are public advocacy and political engagement. There are no others short of, of, of violence, and no one wants to see that, and, and that should never, ever be an option. But sitting back silently and doing nothing and not participating um, is the way to lose your country and that's uh, where we're at at the moment and uh, unless we get involved and, and get engaged uh, we're going to continue to lose our country uh, to the detriment of future generations. Well the seriousness of what is coming uh, can't be overstated here because as you say removing all reference to Christianity uh, there's also a note I have to ancient Greece and to yeah. the freedoms given to us through the values and institutions of Western civilization, among those, Lyle Shelton, is our democratic heritage. So if you get rid of Christianity, if you get rid of the references to ancient Greece and what has built Western civilization, our entire democracy is at risk. Is that an overstatement, do you think? 
No, it's not. It, it's exactly right. Uh, Western civilization didn't just emerge in a vacuum. And this curriculum review, as you rightly point out, says, uh, you know, it um, does away with uh, the teaching of our ancient Greek and Roman history, which was, of course, a precursor. Christianity civilized uh, Greek and Roman um, ideas of, of government. Um, you know, thank goodness we, <laughs> we don't, uh, you know, the Greek democracy was a very imperfect form of democracy. Alexander the Great didn't go around spreading uh, peace and democracy. He went around, you know, uh, raping and pillaging and subduing people. But uh, it's been civilised by Christianity over the last 2,000 years. The parliamentary institutions that we have, um, the idea of consent of the governed, um, that, um, that, this, that, that that's a democratic idea that's come from the Bible and, and right back you can trace its roots right back to Mount Sinai uh, with Moses and the Ten Commandments. Uh, this is all uh, laced through our legal and political system and yet the radical left, uh, through their long march to the institutions, are trying to cut off the root of who we are. And um, we're seeing this play out in real time in our generation. These are political issues, political battles. Um, we may not have been interested in politics, but it sure is interested in us, and it's time we got engaged. So uh, this idea, and of course, you know, new terminologies uh, continually creeping into the debate, and the term invasion uh, to be used when students are taught about the history of the First Fleet and European settlement. Uh, of course, uh, Indigenous Australians are very important and uh, very, very highly prioritised, of course, in our Christian faith. And I'm not sure whether you're across uh, the history of Fred Nile and his engagements there with Indigenous Australians over this past 40 years, but uh, there's a whole big uh, issue developing here uh, where terminology is going to be used as a as a baton to uh, to keep down uh, the idea of a Christian uh, thought on these things. Any thoughts around the, that idea of invasion and uh, and how our Indigenous Australians uh, are affected by that and what that effect has on uh, the, the whole idea of remembering our Christian heritage? Yeah, well, this curriculum review that's come out of Canberra and it's, um, it's a proposal at the moment uh, recommends that... Um, not only just the expunging of Christian heritage and our Greco-Roman history, uh, but then replacing that, as you say, with um, the telling of of our settlement as as invasion, so more invasion day uh, rhetoric, um, teaching children that um, you know Australia was colonised by evil people who were hell bent on you know genocide. Now. This needs to be to be balanced. Of course, bad and terrible things happen to Indigenous people uh, when when white settlement came, but it needs to be balanced because it wasn't all bad. It wasn't all good, and we also need to realise, as Professor Geoffrey Blaney points out in his um, article in Today's Australian, that prior to white settlement, uh, there were wars, constant warfare between the Indigenous tribes of this nation. This wasn't some sort of you know nomadic utopian of indigenous people living in peace and harmony that white people came and disrupted uh, they were at war with each other the, the death rates there were horrendous as a result of the brutal killings amongst the tribes um, yes uh, there were killings by whites on blacks there were killings of uh, by blacks on whites um, the, the the frontier and the settlement of australia wasn't always a peaceful thing uh, of course, there was lots of good examples of good that was done. Um, white white uh, men were hung by the legal system 
for killing blacks at Mile Creek, and that was the right thing to do. So we at least tried to uh, apply uh, British law uh, to our Indigenous people, which meant equality under the law regardless of your race or colour. And uh, that was a unique thing for Indigenous... Well, it wasn't so unique. The British applied that um, in many places where they colonised. So there needs to be a balanced telling. And uh, unfortunately, this curriculum review is not balanced. It comes from a grievance mentality. It comes from a, uh, a uh, ideology of critical race theory of oppressor and victim. Uh, nothing is as simple as that. And, and that, of course, is a recipe for class warfare. It's actually a form of cultural Marxism and it's very, very dangerous. Uh, one of our listeners responded to our Facebook post today. Do you think it's a good or bad choice that Lyle Shelton will succeed Fred Nile in the New South Wales Parliament this year? Uh, Carolyn says, as an Aboriginal Christian in Queensland, I fully support you, Lyle, and I'm praying for you and say, well done, they are good and faithful servant of God and keep going. So uh, uh, good to hear a... Uh, some level of uh, of honour and uh, and uh, expectation there that uh, obviously for Carolyn. Uh, look, when we talk about Thanks, a revitalisation of the Christian Democratic Party, and we mentioned that uh, the Reverend Fred Nile at age eighty six, he's going to be relinquishing his role in that New South Wales uh, upper house seat, and you're going to be parachuted into it. And uh, from an earlier uh, listener call talking about, you know, uh, membership and uh, how there's a new excitement that's about to come into the idea of Christian politics as you begin to take on this role. When you say revitalization of the Christian Democratic Party, I wonder whether whether you've got a sort of a, you know, a, a vision or a dream about what that might look like say, 12 months from now, when you've taken over the reins, mm. uh, what, are you, what are you hoping for with that revitalisation, Lyle? Yeah, look, we obviously need to see um, an influx of new members, new supporters. Uh, there's a, a wonderful um, group of people uh, who are now ageing, but these are the people who have faithfully carried uh, this party over many decades uh, but it is a, a very much an older demographic and um, we do need to see younger people come into the party. We need to see uh, ordinary Christians uh, of all ages uh, join uh, and participate. And I, I just say to people um, you know, who, who might think joining a political party, that's controversial or it's a bridge too far, you know, I haven't got involved in politics. Uh, we're living in extraordinary times and the way that we settle our disputes, the way that we um, advocate in our nation is through the political system and I encourage people um, to consider joining. If joining is uh, a bridge too far, at least becoming a supporter, that doesn't involve uh, having to um, you know, sign a piece of paper, be a card-carrying member of a party, but you can at least um, keep abreast of uh, the things that we're fighting for. Um, you can support us in other ways uh, without party membership and people can do that through my website, lyleshelton.com.au. Uh, if you sign up there, You'll get my emails, um, you'll, you'll hear my updates, uh, I'll keep you in touch with what's going, I'll, I'll invite you to contribute financially from time to time uh, as well because we obviously need not just uh, uh, volunteers and supporters and party members but we need uh, donors as well uh, because campaigns are expensive and um, we're building an army here and uh, I'd encourage people to be part of the army. You can sign up at lyleshelton.com.au uh, or you can... Um, become a member by going to cdp.org.au and downloading the membership form. 
Lyle, just to pick on membership for a few moments here, because uh, when you were at the helm of the Australian Christian Lobby, and uh, certainly in the lead-up to the marriage vote, uh, there was a dramatic uptake uh, from Christian believers who knew that they had to do something, not just sit back and not just be in the armchair being a uh, you know someone looking on, watching the game at play, but actually being involved. And there was a dramatic uptake the growth of the Australian Christian lobby in those years uh, was absolutely amazing. Can you see mm. the same thing happening with the Christian Democratic Party when you are at the helm? Look, I certainly hope so, Neil. Um, it's it's um, well, none of this work is easy. You know, the ACL work wasn't easy, but it, it, I guess it's a lower bar to have people join a non-party partisan uh, lobby group. So we saw our support base go from 10,000 to well over 100,000 uh, when I left. And I think Martin Isles, the new managing director, has taken it close to 200, if not over 200,000. And that's a reflection of people's concern about what's happening in our nation. Uh, now, that's um, that's to join a non-party partisan um advocacy organisation which does an amazing job and uh, I'm the biggest supporter and champion of of ACL having given 10 years of my life to that organisation, wonderful organisation. But I feel that we're now at a stage where we need to call people up to a greater commitment and that's actually to to get into the party partisan fight, the actual political fight of getting people into parliament, Uh, not just advocacy, uh, that's important, that's indispensable, but now we've got to actually put bodies uh, in Parliament, people who will stand up in an uncompromising, courageous uh, way for the truth of of the gospel and for the truth of human flourishing from a Christian point of view and to see that reflected uh, in public policy in a way that's going to uh, be for the common good of all Australians and that requires political muscle and political organisation, that requires members, it requires uh, financial support, and it requires a higher level of commitment to be part of um, a political machine, to use that metaphor. Well, you certainly demonstrated that there are many battles to be fought and the idea of a revitalization of the Christian Democratic Party with such a rich history... Uh, is going to be not only a challenge, but it'll be something uh, I think we'll all marvel at the way Australians uh, will rise to support uh, you in the new role that you'll have as you take over from the Reverend Fred Nile, uh, who uh, will achieve a wonderful uh, record at uh, that 40 years in November when there is a changeover of leaders uh, in that upper house seat in New South Wales. Uh, Lyle Shelton, let me just mention those couple of websites. Uh, you were saying that there are people who can support you now in the lead-up to that changeover. Uh, I think you said lyleshelton.com.au. That's and, correct, yeah. That's, yep, that's, and, that's uh, uh, a great way for people to engage um, if they just want to, to get the emails. Oh, yes. And, and, uh, yeah. and then, of course, uh, the Christian Democratic yes. Party. Uh, the website is cdp.org.au, cdp.org.au. And uh, for people who are interested in membership of the Christian Democratic Party or ways that they'll be able to support uh, in an ongoing way, uh, is the CDP website a, a little bit of a resource website? Uh, are you able to reflect on what sort of things people will see when they go to the CDP website? 
Yes, yeah, certainly, Neil. Um, and, and part of the revitalisation is, is to, to uh, do an overhaul of that in time. But uh, certainly people can download uh, a membership form from the CDP website. And certainly all our media releases uh, are there and uh, information about the party. But um, it, it, this will be part of a process now of revitalising that. I'm, I'm continuing, as um, as you can see, just to keep my lyleshelton.org.au website going. That's also been a wonderful way of engaging people who have followed my journey, um, engaging them with um, this new journey in, in party politics. So um, people can, can engage both ways. A lower threshold at lyleshelton.com.au, but if you're really hardcore, go to cdp.org.au and download a membership form and, uh, and join us today. And no doubt we'll have an opportunity again sometime soon to have a catch-up. And uh, I'll also be talking with Fred Nile a little later this year, closer to that time of the changeover and honouring his 40 years as a Christian voice in one of our nation's great parliaments in the New South Wales Upper House. Lyle Shelton, uh, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with listeners today on 2020. Uh, A real pleasure and a privilege, Neil. Thank you for having me. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.